Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God. We want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is going on, everybody? This is your host, Johnny Sierra, along with my co-host here, Pastor Tim Grandstaff. What Welcome is up? back, everybody. Welcome yes. back. Episode number seven, man. This is crazy. Uh, this is taking off, man. I am hearing a lot of good things about the podcast. I'm really excited about it. Um, I don't know, man. It just feels different. Yeah, what, what, you, you, you do a great job, first of all, producing it. That's, that's the amazing part of the thing it, for people. Um, but... What's cool is that it's not just people in our church. So we're realizing, as we thought, like there's so many of you that are listening that you don't attend Genesis, and, and that is not your home church. You can watch us online, but you don't have to just yeah. to be a part of this podcast and, and take some of the stories that you know or are learning deeper. And so we're we're watching and all of a sudden seeing this thing ballooning and people are listening and following from all over the place yeah. through Spotify and iTunes and We'll see where it goes, Super how God good. wants to use it. Super good. We, we were talking some uh, some things for the future, too, which, you know, just be on the lookout for that. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but anyways, if you're new with us, welcome to the Post-Sunday Podcast. Uh, we are basically uh, just, and this is an extension of Genesis Church Orlando. Uh, we are a podcast de- dedicated into diving deeper into the Word of God. So Post-Sunday Podcast is just a continuation of what we are sharing on Sunday's message. Uh, at Genesis Church Orlando. And so we try to bring some applications, some questions, and dig deep a little bit more. Uh, you can find the uh, all of you can find us at any podcast platform of your choosing, but we most importantly would love for you guys to join us on Sundays at 9 30 and 11 o'clock. We host uh, our Genesis Church Orlando live services, and this is where it's stemming down from. So, and also on Instagram too, you can find us on Post Sunday Podcast if you want to follow us there. But uh, we got a lot to dig deep. Ding, 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 because you said the service time's right. Yes, I know. I know. I didn't even look at you because I was just like well, so no like trying to lock you in. Are. This is Johnny Sierra is our worship pastor. And uh, so he's in charge pretty much of making our services happen. He's our producer here at the podcast. And uh, for a few weeks there. You were saying that church started it's at getting nine, it wrong, bro. So yeah, it's pretty yeah, I need bad. A bell. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> we have a winner, we, ladies and gentlemen. You got the right, right answer. Yeah. So, a lot going on in my brain these days, man. Especially as we're leading up to Easter and everything all that all that entails. So, uh, a lot going on, but we're excited, man. Let's get right to it. Episode seven. We're digging deep into Genesis eighteen and nineteen. Uh, how perfectly fitting was it to have? The story of Saddam and Gomorrah on Valentine's Day. <laughs> so here's the deal. You are, you're mapping this out and um, all of a sudden you look at it and you realize it's a lovely weekend of Valentine's. It's Super Bowl Sunday. People are celebrating. I'm watching all these other churches yesterday. They're having like Super Sunday. Yeah. People are coming in their Super Bowl team, you know, who I want. Or it's some couple's you know, series, marriage, and here we are in Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. And I'm like, 
Oh, Lord. Wow. But we can't change it because we're marching through this adventure together. Yes. And yet, at the same time, it's kind of exciting because I would dare to say there's not many churches yesterday in all of America (laughs) that were teaching Sodom and Gomorrah on Super Bowl Sunday or Valentine's Week. That is the truth. So at least we were very unique to what we were doing. And maybe, maybe only at Genesis could you have gotten... Saddam and Gomorrah message. <laughs> hey, so, listen, God was tossing Hail Marys at that time. So, exactly. you know, there's many ways you can apply a whole lot of Super Sunday. Go, but, you know, <laughs> we'll try to stay true. Yeah, true, true no this, doubt. This, so, um, yeah. You talked a lot. Uh, obviously, we are the main character here, uh, not particularly here, but uh, just in the last few weeks has been Abraham. Um, and we kind of dive a little bit more into Kind of a what would you call it like a secondary story happening something yeah I think that's the, place the key there. part is like there's there's story within the story stories. yeah yep and that's the beauty of any story you know anything you watch on TV any movie kind of you know that's why they split scenes and you're watching this take place with this character and then that take place before you get to you know the big climactic moment or whatever yeah so that's kind of what's happening it's like you get to Sodom and Gomorrah. And everybody's brain goes in one direction, Yeah, you know, if you know the story or you've heard the story, or as we like to say, you think you know the story. Yeah. And yeah. that we don't say that with haughtiness or pride. We say that with a heart of, hey, there's a lot more that I think we could unpack that maybe you never saw, heard, or had learned before. And that's why we're doing this podcast as well as walking through the series. But Abraham's still the central figure. And if you don't focus on Abraham and the story... Mm you miss a really big piece of what this story is about. And really not just for our forefather and the patriarch Abraham of our faith, but uh, for our own faith and the heart in which we're supposed to see people through the lens of this story. Yeah, that's good, man. So walk us through a little bit. Um, Obviously we're in Saddam and Gomorrah. A lot of is taking place in that city. Um, you talked on Sunday about, you know, just the, I, I guess, what exactly was taking place. Yeah. Uh, I think we, 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 you know, at least for me, I speak for myself, I think the assumption is it's just they're just involved in a lot of sexual sin, yeah. you know. And so you really talked a little bit more on some of the, uh, some of the other things sins that they were committing. Yeah, it's like you can read the, the story, and, and rightfully so, you read the story at, face value and they're just obvious you know they're the they're the very obvious things that just pop off the page mm-hmm. and you know i think that when you approach a story like this also our backgrounds come into play right mm-hmm. like you are a hispanic pentecostal background you know because people don't know us yet so yeah. they're, they're getting noticed yeah. to this podcast and so the way that what was maybe taught or you know or whatever growing up and then i'm you know from a Baptist church and a Baptist background. And so for one, I want to be clear that that doesn't, there's nothing negative per se about Mm -hmm. that. Our backgrounds shaped us, but what we're trying to do is not let, uh, some of the things in our backgrounds define us. We want to open up God's word and see more of it and let that continue to shape us. And so sometimes we have to shed a little bit of that in our past to do that. And so how people approach a story may be truly just based upon how you were taught it and where you were taught it from. Yeah. So that, that's the first thing you have to be willing to kind of shed is going, okay, 
can I be a new wineskin and allow new wine to be poured into me as Jesus talked about when it came to discipleship making? So as you're, if you're listening today, that's the goal, right? Mm. You, you may know of Sodom and Gomorrah, you may not. But if you do, um, we hope to help you learn some things that you never saw. And, and we do that because I don't want you puffed up on knowledge. I want your heart to burn for more of God's word. Yeah. Right. Like that's why we're doing this podcast. When we talked about it, it was like, we want people to burn for the word of God in such a way. So let's, let's find a way to deliver it to them. So you've got, you've got a prequel. And like we said yesterday in Genesis 13, that here's this place that, you know, the first time we're, we're introduced to it, lot has chosen this area. Solomon gives him the freedom to choose and he chooses all of the Jordan Valley and and because it's lush and I think it's really it's really astounding to really focus in on the fact that he says it was it was lush water everywhere like the garden of the Lord or the garden of Eden. So there's this beginning of God's intentions and creation playing out through all these stories and then even like the land of Egypt but then like we joked around he goes east and so there's there it is and the very next verse just tells you that the men of Sodom are wicked they were great sinners against the Lord so you immediately know in this city uh, there's a great wickedness and so as we unpack that there is there is the obvious wickedness that we will talk about today a little bit as well um, for those of you that are listening um, but there's more that is going on. And so many times we only focus on one sin and one evil and one wickedness. And what we don't realize is sometimes we dismiss others or we elevate one above the other. Or what we will do is we will pick the one we want to focus on and diminish the other. And so we opened up, you know, the fact that there are many sins going on. And the prophet Ezekiel talks about this when he is talking to the nation of Israel years and generations later about their own sin. And he references back. And when he does, he tells them that, you know, they had the sin of pride. They had the sin of excess food. They had the sin of prosperous ease. They did not aid the poor and needy. Mm. They were haughty. So you have all these things that he's talking about. He's not just talking about one thing. And so you see that within this city, there's a lot of sin and wickedness going on, but he does say, and, and you know, I want to make this clear because I've heard some pastors that are trying to take the word of God and they're trying to, um, as I just said, elevate the sins of Sodom to diminish one. And scripture is very clear that that these men wanted to have sexual relations with these two angels, these two men of the Lord that are with Lot. And so it's very clear that this is part of the wickedness. Lot says, do not do this wicked thing. Um, Ezekiel references this back. So he doesn't just say, you know, it's pride, it's haughtiness, it's not taking care of the poor, it's, you know, you're, it's gluttony, it's all these things. He says, and they did an abomination. And so that word abomination is found in Genesis in Leviticus chapter 18, which is the chapter on sex, the sexual purity laws of the of the people of the Bible. Mm. And so God calls same sex relationships an abomination in Leviticus 18, and it's being referenced here in Ezekiel. And so I've heard some pastors that come back around, they go, well, it wasn't the sin of homosexuality. It was the sin of not taking care of the poor that was really at the root of of Sodom, it was all of them. 
And once again, you can't take the one you want to harp on so that you can maybe allow and accept and affirm the other and diminish it. All these sins together made up the wickedness that God says, hey, should I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do to this place? So it is all included. They are all sin. We have to be willing to say that and yet at the same time be aware of these sins in our own lives that that may have crept in or we may be allowing or leaning into or affirming. And what's crazy is that like, and I didn't say this yesterday, um, we'll do it here in the podcast, um, just last week, you can Google this, the Pope comes out and he says, homosexuality is a sin but it's not a crime. And what he was saying is that it is a sin biblically. It's not a crime uh, according to the laws of our of our world, of, yeah. of countries type of a deal. Now, is it a crime against God? Yeah, you can use that language 100%. But the Pope says it's sin. You don't even see them talking about it on the news because the Pope is like this holy figure around the world that no one really wants to, you know, to, 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 to bash or to talk bad against or whatever. So the Pope, the leader of all Catholicism, comes mm-hmm. out and he affirms that it's a sin. No one talks about it. You and I as Christians say homosexuality is a sin and people want to counsel you. They want to call you a bigot. They want to call you, you know, say you're homophobic, you're hateful. No, within the religion of the Bible, within my faith, and we're not the only faith around the world, mm-hmm. That, that even thinks this, according to God's word, do I wish it was different? Yeah, there are things in the Bible I don't wish were there. Mm. I wish I could change them. I wish they weren't mapped out the way that they are, but God put them there. And if I choose to follow God, the God of this Bible, the God of this faith, the God who chose Abraham as the patriarch of my faith, it's a sin. Mm-hmm. But so are the other ones. And therefore, we can't play with sin or accept sin just because our emotional state involved with someone uh, may be in a, in a spiritual battle, per yeah. se. Yeah, that's powerful, man. Um, you continued on with uh, these men, uh, these angels coming down, and Lot having them in his home, and then these men are pursuing and pressing pressing them and he actually makes a kind of a negotiation with them um to kind of leave them yeah. be yeah. talk to us a little bit about it's, that it's we said this yesterday if you're, if you're listening for the first time obviously as we've said earlier welcome in but it's uh it's actually a moral dilemma that people would not see if they just read the story for mm-hmm. face value you people don't realize how big hospitality was and is to the people of the bible and even in certain cultures today, hospitality is huge. I travel to Africa and I go to a remote village where they've legitimately never met a white person before, you know? Wow. And and so uh, I show up and they immediately run and they grab their chickens and they start plucking them and they, they cook them for us. And yet I go, well, like, is this how they eat? And they go, oh, no, no, no. They would never, ever kill their chickens unless it was an honored guest like you in the place. And so you receive this in these other countries and you realize how big hospitality is where they will give you the best. And so it was that way in the Bible. And so, as we said, hospitality was, was such a duty for them that 
when faced with a social circumstance or a dilemma in their culture, hospitality was to take the, 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 you know, the higher role. And so for Lot, he has welcomed these men of God in. The men of the city he knows are wicked. They've come after them to pursue, you know, sexual relations with them. And and as we joke, in a Jerry Springer moment as you're reading the Crazy. Bible, because this is not a Sunday school story. <laughs> you read to your kids or a bedtime story. Hey, tonight, we're going to open true. up the, the children's Bible and we're going to read the story which, of Sodom. Which, by the way, uh, side note, the kids, uh, our kids ministry is going through the same yes, same are. stories. Yeah, we but I'm sure, out. Will, I don't know if Pastor Will is speaking deeply, you know, we or in this angle. but what he told yeah. about the story. <laughs> But so he, he welcomes them and he knows where, what they're pursuing and he turns around and offers his two virgin daughters. That's crazy, man. So if you're, if you're hearing this or if you're not a Christian, like I've heard people, and if you're a Christian, you don't know how to wrap your mind around this. You know, and I've heard people say all the time, like, because people use the story of Sodom and Gomorrah to beat down you know, the LBGTQ community, mm. you know, as, as the first passage to really just throw at them and to be able to, you know, scream at them. And I've heard them come back and go, oh yeah. And in the same story, Lot offered his two daughters so that they could be raped. Like th that's the God I want to follow. So there is some of that where like your mind can't comprehend until you realize some little nuances. None of it is right. There's no, the lesser of two evils is a really bad place to find yourself. Mm. But in the moment, probably panic, fear. There's two men of the Lord that have shown up. This is what the men in this city are pursuing. They're trying to beat my house down to get to these men. He offers his two daughters. There's part of you that goes, and it maybe it's just thinking and theory at the moment, like they don't want women. So what is he even doing offering them? He's freaking out and trying to appease their lustful desires in some way and in some fashion. And and yet at the same time, this story is just snowballing with chaos. Wow. And that's what we found in Genesis 13. When we have those little glimpses of he travels east, he's looking for something that fills the desire of his heart. And yet then we find out that the place is full of wicked sinners against God. And now it's playing out before us. And so it's like, yeah, people say, I can't figure out this story in God in God's word. But we sit around and we watch Jerry Springer and we watch all these reality shows, you know, that have chaos like this in them. And we get entertained by that. And then we use this, you know, to say this is why we don't want to understand God's word, read it or follow it. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Um, as we continue on with the story, um, obviously, the morning, as morning's dawn, the angels now are urging Lot. Yeah. Like, hey, there's a timetable here. So I'm sure, you know, like you, you mentioned, all that he's gone through, plus being at the limited time span that he's he's got, um, you highlighted um, in verse 15, but he lingered, right? Like, yeah. what, what, what did you, what, why did you highlight that? Like, what, there's really just certain there? nuances in yeah. scripture, I think, that like, to be redundant, right? Yeah. We need to linger in, mm. you, you know? So there's good lingering and there's bad lingering. Like sometimes we need to linger in the words of God a little bit longer. People get up in the morning, they open the word of God. And they're like, I got 10 minutes. I got to read this fast. I got to get out just so I can say I spent yeah. time in God's word and I got to toss up a little prayer and I'm gone. 
no, you need to linger a little bit longer. Mm. Then there's bad lingering. You know, it's like, hey, you Stalling. don't, right. You don't need to be around those friends. Yeah. But you linger or you stay at the party a little bit too long or you're at the bar one night and you're lingering, having one too many drinks yeah, yeah. and nothing good comes out of that. Right. And so you see this in lot, like here's a story being played out. They're trying to rescue this man. His sons-in-laws have laughed at him. Like this is a joke. This isn't really going to happen. God's not going to do what these angels are saying type of a deal. And isn't that how some people feel about God's word? It's just a big joke. God's not going to come back. Not God's not going to judge. God's not against these sins. God, you know, like it, we, 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 wow. we, like they do. We jest with it. We joke with it instead of no urgency, obey it. Right. Yeah. So now you have this, like we said, there's this little bit of a parallel and let's get into that for just a moment and, and not too long, but between Abraham and Lot. So the story starts out, Abraham's at the tent, a tent, not a city gate. So it shows you already, Lot chooses the city and all that it has to offer. Mm. Abraham's out somewhere, just a tent in a field. He His heart is content because he's trusting God and God's promises with him. Abraham sees these three men, rushes out to them and begs them to stay. Let me wash your feet. Let's bake you some bread. Lot tries to like, Hey, if you're coming, we got to get you out in the morning and we're going to give you unleavened bread because we don't even have time for the bread to rise. We got to get you out of here. So like you see this, if you, it's like, it's like a movie. If you know the story deeper than what people are willing to see. And then now you see God comes to Abraham and says, go to a land I will show you. And he responds immediately. The angels come to Lot's city and say, in God's going to burn this place down in his house. <laughs> and he lingers. Like, it's so cool when you put these two characters side by side and you start to see the heart of one and the heart of the other. And it exposes that. That's what God's word does. And so now all of a sudden you're going, God, is my heart more like Abraham? Wow. Or is my heart more like Lot? Do I long for you to come and sit at the tent with me? And, and I feast around your presence mm. or am I trying to rush you in, rush you out and I'm lingering in the wrong things, the sinful things all around me. Yeah. It's oh, pretty cool. That's, that's amazing. That's a great way to really look at things because you see the two personalities and the two approaches. Where do you find yourself and who do you find yourself being in life? You know, are you pressing towards God or are you just saying, you know, Hey, I, I just want the benefits and I want you to move on, you know, pretty yeah. much. Um, so they uh, basically, these men are urging them. I, I, as I've read this throughout the years, I've always was like, man, how many times were they like repeating themselves? Like we have to go, we have to go. And it just, you know, as I've grown older, I've just understood how merciful and graceful our God has, is in the opportunities that he's given us. We saw that with Noah giving uh, not only the hundred plus uh, seven, uh, you know, yeah. seven days additional, you know, yeah. how much God continues to provide time and mercy to change, to make a clear path for him. And they, people are just uh, negligent of that. There's mysteries in the story. And I think that anybody listening, that's part of faith. Mm. You have to be okay with the mysteries of the story. And if you're not, and you're always trying to reason out every little detail, you're never going to get that. As, as a pastor, but as a lifelong follower of Jesus, 
I'm okay with not knowing everything. I'm not supposed to. It's God's story, not my story. That's part of faith. So it's like, like you said, the mercy, they're calling out Lot, but they also go to Lot and they say, who here is with you? So his two daughters and his wife. So they're not just rescuing Lot. They're rescuing the family. And from what it looks like within the story, this family's not God fearing, you know, we don't know their faith. The things that we see actually tell us something different that they weren't. And yet by being his family, they're rescued from the city or given the opportunity to be rescued. So I think for those that like have family members and children that don't know God, there's this mystery in the beauty of not that you bring them sal- you give them salvation that only comes from Jesus but by being faithful to the one who gives you salvation you never know how God chooses to work through you wow. to extend salvation to them like that's a really amazing mysterious picture in the I story. don't know if I missed it and maybe not but now that you bring that up like I wonder if the mercy of God was over Lot because of Abraham's relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a trick like you're down. saying. Yeah. So Lot gets the mercy because of Abraham. Yeah. And then Lot's family but gets the mercy because of labor of, of Lot, but actually because of yeah. Abraham, that's like crazy. this grace covering that's flowing wow. down. And that's not to say that people can just live wicked and they get the grace of God. Yeah. God chooses to work. There's a mystery in that. Yeah. Big time. Right. Like, so you just sit there and you ponder that for a moment, especially if you're, if you're the only Christian in your home or mm. follower of Jesus, or you're, you're so worried about your wayward kids who are rejecting it right now. Like what umbrella of grace and mercy could you bring? That's crazy, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as we saw at the end of our service, there was many people crying out. Um, I think there was more people for this particular message than like we've seen on yeah. the, in the altar for, for, for themselves. Time. Yeah. And that was the beauty was that people were there not for themselves. We were very clear on that. Yeah. And the reason we weren't was because this story plays out and gives you once again, that parallel of Lot's wife looks back when the angels declared, get out and do not look back. So there's that mm. obedience piece again, right? Yep. They were, it's in the scriptures. Yep. It's not like, well, no one told her don't look back. It's written there, escape now, do not look back. She looks back. Why? Because her heart is clinging to whatever it was she was getting inside that city. I have to say, growing right? up, I thought that was unfair. But then, you know, when you because yeah. you miss that. Right. You miss that. You 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 read it and you say, you just you, you just think it's nonchalant. Like, oh, just don't look back. Just go. Like, meaning like, just, just yeah. run, go forward. Yeah. But it literally meant like, don't look back. I mean, if the moment you look back, there's nothing here for you that you you're need. showing your heart. Yes. And like you said, there's so many that have heard the story and I, same way as a kid. And then you get this picture of like pillar of salt in your head. And, and, I, and I was telling my, my son was asking me after the service yesterday, he said, do you think God really turned into a pillar of salt? And I said, okay, so here's what we'll go deeper into the podcast, right? the region that Sodom and Gomorrah is in is in the same region that you find the Dead Sea, which has the highest salt potency maybe in the world, right? So it's wow. you go to the Dead Sea and you 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 literally can't sink. You float. Yeah. Because the, 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 the salt levels are so high. So I, I tell my son, I said, listen, 
I don't have an answer here. I'll give you my theory on this. Mm. Remember, we're trying to erase the pictures we create yeah. in our imagination as a and as a kid. I don't know if it's that God turned her to a pillar of salt as much as it is talking about she just got destroyed in the salt region. Does that make sense? Because she, she what disobeyed God. Yeah, yeah, she just she got wiped out right with the rest. With them. Now, once again, if God chooses to turn to a pillar of salt, great. But, you know, like that's that mystery of like, do I want to think of it more like an Americanized movie scene? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. where poof. Or <laughs> you look back and I told you not to yeah. direct disobedience. And maybe you didn't want to come out of the city, right? Like when did she stop to look back? We don't know that part. Mm. We don't know if she's, you know, a quarter of a mile outside the city, if she's 15 steps, if she's a mile down the road. It just tells us she looked back. Doesn't tell us how long. All those things we never get answers for. But to know that that's a salt region paints this picture that she she got destroyed. She became what the region was known for. She's back in the dirt and the dust and the salt of the ground, which is, the opposite of what Abraham does, he comes back and he stands and he looks over the city as it's engulfed in flames and smoke. And you see this heart grieving. And that's what we, you know, that's where you come back to the character of Abraham. You get lost in Lot and his wife and the angels and the story it is bookended with Abraham before God pleading, don't destroy this city if I can find this many righteous people. God even says, I don't even know I want to show Abraham what I'm going to do to the city because of its wickedness. And he comes back and looks over it. And you see this book into the story of this heart that's grieving that a city of people were destroyed. And therein lies really our response. So, you know, it's like yesterday, we can be very clear that homosexuality is a sin in scripture. This isn't a podcast for it. Um, however, you know, I would say this because I, I read and study a lot, a, a lot of what you might call progressive Christianity, you know, mm. that's trying to take the scriptures and twist it, start naming these passages, certain titles and all that kind of stuff and trying to get into them more. And I know this passage, the first thing they do is go to Ezekiel and they try to say, no, it was the sin of not taking care of the poor. Ezekiel also says they did an abomination before the Lord. Jude chapter four says that they were sexually immoral and they were chasing unnatural desires of their heart. And so it is very clear. The Bible is very clear against this. You find nowhere in the Bible does it speak in any positive affirming way of homosexuality or same sex relations. So it is a sin. It's not the only sin. And yet at the same time, although we say it's a sin, the problem with the story is that people have thought that they have to be God to Sodom and Gomorrah when they're dealing with people who are living in the sin. So if I have a friend who is gay or bi or whatever, I need to be like God in Sodom and Gomorrah and I need to be the fire and the brimstone in their life. So it's the screaming, the yelling, it's the you're evil, you're wicked, blah, 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 blah. And, and, and that's God's job. God is the righteous judge who gets to judge the world that he created, how he chooses whether we like it or not, right? And he will return to be that righteous judge again. We're to see Abraham in the story. And Abraham starts out pleading with God, don't destroy the city. Abraham comes back at the end looking over it, grieving over the city. Yeah. 
our hearts need to be pleading for salvation to come, yeah. for people's eyes and ears to be open to their sin, and we need to grieve over their choices. We don't need to be fire and brimstone yelling, screaming at them because of their choices. Yeah. That's the difference. And it's it's a condition of the heart, man, too. Like Abraham, Abraham's looking at the same city that Lot's wife was. Yep. But it's not the actual visual uh, visualization of you know literally using your eyes to see something it literally is a condition of the heart like Abra- abraham's condition of his heart was to 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 have compassion and to see you know um have empathy for those people yep. uh, where lots lots wife was more of greed maybe you know uh, unpleasant desires i'm i have to leave all that like more of a possessional you know, eye towards things rather than like, rather than the eyes of Abraham, because they're both looking at the same thing. But you it's take where the heart is for each one of them. The words of Jesus. So people are like, Jesus doesn't talk about all this stuff, right? Yeah. No, he does. You have to really look at the words of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus is talking about coming back, which he will do one day for his people. And in Luke chapter 17, this is what it says. I want to read this because as what you were just saying, this, this, this is where like the scriptures give you pieces of the story. That's why you have to read all of God's story, not just one part of it. It's talking about coming back. He says that they were eating and drinking, marrying and being given a marriage. We talked about this during Noah because yep. he references Noah first. So it's funny that Jesus keeps going back to the stories in Genesis mm-hmm. to, to talk about current issues right then and there he's being questioned with people talk to him about marriage you know is there divorce he says it's not to be that way he goes back to genesis 2 god created male and female to you know to leave mother and father and be united as one flesh jesus keeps going back to the beginning because it's his father's story Mm. he did not show up and change it he said if you've seen me you've seen the father Mm. you know I, i am him and he is me so says he's talking about coming back he says they're eating and drinking marrying and being given a marriage until the day when noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all we talked about that a few weeks ago likewise just as it was in the days of lot so he references noah now he references this story he says they were eating and drinking buying and selling planting and building why they're living in this lush jordan valley city that we discovered in genesis 13 yeah but on the day when lot went out from sodom Fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. So Jesus is telling the same story we talked about uh, uh, yesterday. He says, so will it be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. He says, this judgment is coming for the wicked that have not chosen to put their faith and trust in me and walk in obedience. Then he says, on that day, let the one who is on the housetop with his goods in the house not come down to take them away. And likewise, let the one who is in the field not turn back, okay? Mm. Then verse 32, remember Lot's wife. There's the turn back. There's the reference to Lot's wife. He says, whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will keep it. So he's giving you a glimpse. She wanted to preserve and keep what she had in the city instead of lose it and gain her life in freedom from the city, literally from the judgment of fire. 
says there's so many people in our world that's the that's the conundrum they're living their life in. Yeah. They want to preserve their life, their their wickedness, their sin, their identity, whatever it is that they're 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 fumbling in. And he says you've got to lose that to gain what I have to offer. And if you're not willing to, and you look back mm. like Lot's wife to keep it, you're gonna lose it. Dude, so good. That's the. Oh, the scriptures all come together in That's so many amazing. different ways. That's really good. Um, and even it, it just doesn't, it, it could be pieces. It could be pieces that you're still holding on to in life. It, yeah. it, you know, it's, it, it could be a particular item. It could be a particular person. It could be a particular situation that you're just, uh, you're continuing to turn back and not fully let go. Yeah. And that's, that's some powerful stuff, man. So I want to get, let's wrap the bow on this piece. Because we don't we don't have time on Sunday to get to this, so this is only for our podcasters. So if you're listening, just just lean in just for a moment here. So the end of Genesis 19, the story stills crazy, <laughs> like it doesn't get better. I remember one time I was at a conference and a pastor was doing a, uh, uh, he was just kind of trying to create a point on how you can take any piece of scripture and if you know the context, you can create a a sermon out of it. This pretty much is what he's saying. And someone said Genesis 19, lots daughters uh, type of a deal <laughs> and like we're all laughing because here's the story if you're not there and you're not reading with us right now lot and his daughters are saved obviously his wife isn't so they're the only ones left the daughters decide hey there's no one left to preserve to preserve our family seed our lineage our heritage so they decide to get their dad drunk lot Nothing good ever happens when you're drunk. Let's just say that. Like I can show you in scripture. Yeah. It's not just that it's a sin in scripture. Scripture is very clear to get drunk. It's not a sin to drink, to get drunk is because you don't make good decisions when you're drunk. Mm. So everyone who wants to justify getting a little tipsy or yeah. lingering a little too long at the wrong party or the wrong yeah. bar, you make your worst decisions. Sure. No one says, hey, I got the biggest decision of my life to make. Let me go have a bunch of drinks and then I'll let you know. Like, so they decide to get their dad drunk and they sleep with their father. Both of them. Wow. Yeah. Like we said, this is Jerry Springer all over again. And so the story, once again, on the surface doesn't make sense. Like what are we reading? There's a few things here happening. It's ironic. First of all, that a uh, lot, offers the virginity of his daughters to the men in the city. And then unknowingly in sin, he takes it from wow. them. Okay? So that's a crazy piece of the story yeah. if you just sit there for the moment. The second part is because they do this act, once again, this is like you're seeing they keep taking things into their own hands and doing it their way, which is always chaos. God creates things with order the way he intended. And when you do it in his way, there's peace, right? Doesn't mean it's perfect, but you find a peace. And, and so it's his shalom, you know, over us. We find out later in scripture that his daughters, one becomes uh, a Moabite and one becomes an Ammonite which eventually become the armies that are up against Israel that we read about in all these wars and battles. Wow. So here you see sin fully playing out in history now. And yet, so here's a crazy part. This is what like you can't wrap your head around. God still works in the midst of all of our stupidity. That's crazy. Because 
later in the story, you find, and I want to say the story, the story of God, Ruth is a Moabite. Solomon's wife is an Ammonite. They're both two key people in the lineage and the, the genealogy of Jesus. So here is this crazy scene where these daughters are sleeping with their dad, got him drunk. While it's sinful, their thought is once again, so context, we have no one to preserve our family heritage. So it's not just lustful sex. They're, they're in one of those dilemmas, right? But they're still choosing the lesser two evils because they're taking it into their hands instead of trusting God wow. to provide. Um and yet, then they become Moabite, Ammonite, and all that stuff, and playing out. And then God still says, guess what? I'm still going to redeem something from this. It's that beauty from ashes, wow. right? The mercy of God that he still uses it in the midst. And so it isn't an excuse to engage and indulge in sin. What it is is a reminder that whatever you came from in your past, mm. God can still redeem in the present right now for his glory. And that's the, that's the beauty of the ending of that piece. And for those that are listening, you have those stories, some of you, where you're going, I don't want anyone to know my Jerry Springer lifestyle. <laughs> Honestly, what that was stays in the closet. I don't even know if I want my kids to know. And wow. God's saying, listen, I know. I know that piece of your story, but I know how I can redeem things in your story as well for my glory. And that's the beauty of this. Man, this, is, this has been amazing. Man, you definitely would Let's have preached go. about an hour plus, for sure. <laughs> this might be the longest podcast we've yeah. done. Which might, some people might be happy yeah. about. Other people are like, that was a little too long. We're trying to gauge like, hey, how listen, long. Hey, listen, spread it out in two, two, two episodes. Part one and part two. Yeah, you go. Someone so, said that this past week. Yeah. You're going to have to do two podcasts a week to keep yeah. going into the story. We're just right now trying to get people to follow our podcast. For sure, for sure. <laughs> but listen, if you're if you're listening, like... You know, take your time, take your time. You know, this is not something you want to speed through. Um, you know, if you need to break this up in increments so that you can, you know, take it in chunks, go for it, man. But we, we encourage that you just really digest this. But again, it all stems down from our Sunday teaching time. And so uh, we would love for you guys, if you're not joining us, to be a part of our live uh, live experience. We have an amazing time together uh, as a body of Christ, uh, we're Genesis Church Orlando, so we're in Orlando, Florida. You can find us live on Facebook.com backslash Genesis Church Orlando, as well as YouTube uh, backslash uh, Genesis Church Orlando, or you can go directly to our website under the Watch Live tab. You can find us there um, and be able to join us, but we we definitely have an amazing, amazing time. All of this is stemming from those teachings, and so please, we would love to have you guys join us. Also, follow us on Instagram, too. I mentioned that earlier, Post Sunday Podcast. You can DM us there, send us some questions um, or any thoughts that you might have. We would love to get back to you on there, but spread the word. Share this um, and and just let everybody know that that we are definitely, uh, we're diving in deeper into the Word of God together this year yeah. and really breaking it down i would say i would say is he said follow us like us and send us comments some yes. feedback 
you know, so that we are, we are constantly shaping this, obviously according to what we feel God wants us to do and carry that through in obedience. But, um, we want this to be beneficial, whether you are part of our Genesis church family or you're just a, a listener that we would never have the opportunity to possibly meet. Um, that are just following us weekly on this podcast. Yeah, and also I forgot to mention, you can find additional resources on what we're talking about at genesischurchorlando.com backslash the never ending story. Um, there you'll find a bunch of different material for you guys, for you to be able to download and be able to be a part of what we're doing here at Genesis Church Orlando. So thank you again for tuning in. We love you guys, praying for you, and we'll see you back here next week. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.